I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Seb, how do you manage to keep yourself so perky and upbeat in the mornings? I thought you were going to ask me that question. Well, I'll tell you, I drink between three and 14 cups of coffee every day. I'd like to tell you about one of my favourite coffee companies, and that is Chimney Fire Coffee. Have you ever heard of them? I have heard of them. You know for why? They're sponsoring this podcast. Chimney Fire Coffee create responsibly crafted speciality coffee from their roasteries nestled in the Surrey Hills. They work hard to create a fully sustainable coffee journey by focusing on transparent sourcing, working directly with farmers and sharing their stories, and by using fully compostable packaging. They donate 25p from every regular bag and £1 from every kilo bag of all Discovery Coffee sales to Recycle, a small charity who refurbish bikes from the UK and ship them to rural communities in Africa. For every 28 kilos of coffee roasted, a single bike plus spare parts will be sent to these communities to help improve social mobility, children's education and overall health. Chimney Fire Coffee is proud to partner with Three in a Bar podcast to offer listeners 20% off their first coffee order. Simply head to www.chimneyfirecoffee.com and use the code TIAB20 at checkout to redeem your discount. Hello, my name is Seb Philpot. And my name is Verity Simmons, and this is Three in a Bar. Hey, yeah, it surely is. And this is the podcast where we chat to a different musical guest every episode. And it's really all kinds of people in the music industry, people who like music, people who play musical instruments, people adjacent to music. People who <laughs> adjacent heard, to music? Just... <laughs> Who are those what people? Who are they? People who just <laughs> skate along, side of music, not a part yeah, of like it. Like Marshalls, music Marshalls. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Marshall. Yeah. Thank you, Marshall. <laughs> Lovely. You sort of wave and clap when you pass them. Yeah. And they just sort of go, keep going, you're doing great. <laughs> oh, I love those people. That's great. Um, is there anyone that we is there any strand we haven't had yet? Can you think? Loads. Oh, good. That's good then. We've got more, more Morris in us dancers. Oh, anyone know one of them? Let's have one. I think one. we talked about Morris dancing. Yeah. When was that? Was that with the Unthanks? Yeah. Or maybe and- it was with some Americans when we were telling them about our culture. <laughs> Trying to entice them over with Morris dancing. It always <laughs> works. <laughs> Come on, guys. There's, there's uh, jingle bells. There's <laughs> napkins. And there's some vaguely questionable behaviour. It's got dodgy hey, origins. Don't slag oh, sorry. Off the no, Morris okay. Dancers. They're no, probably from right. where you're from, right? Yeah, there's some down there. But I think oh, maybe I've talked about they? that. Down in Padstow, oh, bad things used to happen, you see. But look oh, it up you for did yourselves. That. <laughs> I think, did we mention it with Michelle Taylor Cohen? Oh, of course on? we did, because she was in Cornwall. Yeah, all coming together. Go. Good. God, well, I'm glad we. Phew. I'm glad we cleared that up. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, it'd be nice to get a Morris dancer on, wouldn't it? It would. So this is a, a call out. If you know one, send them our way. 
Excellent. Uh, but for now, we do have an excellent guest. Yeah. And we have had this profession before. We that have. is probably the main job she does, but she also does other jobs as well. Um, so there are new things. Uh, let's explain who it is. Uh, the guest is Alicia Blake. That's right. Now, what does she do? She is a tour manager. Yeah, that's she, what the thing we've had before. That's it. That's the thing. That's the yeah. thing. But she's also a sound engineer. A what? Don't, a sound engineer. That sound is, engineer. Sound engineer. We haven't had one of them. Or, in fact, a sound engineer. She's mm. one of them. She does different kinds of sound engineering, doesn't she? Front oh, yeah, of she house does. engineering and uh-huh. monitors. And I feel like just for, you know, there might be a few people listening, like my mum, yes. your mum, possibly. Yes. yes. Others that don't know what front of house means. I mean, front of house. What They know what, what, what that means. They know, they what know that where means. it is, but what happens there? The front of the house. That's <laughs> basically where the audience go. Yeah. It's not backstage. So yeah. front of house engineer means the main sound person that goes in the the bit, you know. The booth. In yeah. The booth. Yeah. When you're at a theatre, they have their own bit amongst the seats. When you're in a big arena or any any kind of uh, gig venue, there's someone on the switches, on the dials, yeah. making it sound good. That's front of house engineering. And Just in case that. you didn't know. She does that. She really does that. Well. Yeah, she does. And monitor engineering. Now that is for the people on stage. Yes. Who can't hear what's going out front because when you're on stage, uh, you have a PA which is facing away from you towards the audience. So you can't really hear what's going on. So a monitor engineer gives you... Well, they can balance it however you want, can't they? They can balance what's going on on stage to your specific requirements. So if you have a monitor, you want to hear yourself, they can whack you up in the mix and turn everything else down. I wouldn't want that. But, you know, they can give you a balanced sound up there, can't they? Everyone has their own wedge or in-ear monitors, so you can mm. have your own mix of the music you're playing. Mm. So that's basically what a monitor engineer is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, another interesting Alicia fact yeah. is that she is also a fully trained baker, pastry chef person. Wow. Yeah, I know. What's a, what's a baker? What's a baker? Well, now you ask. <laughs> she makes real life cakes and biscuits and that. It's oh my great. God. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. She decided to retrain as a baker before mm-hmm. COVID, just before COVID. Yeah. So it wasn't because of COVID, it was before that. And uh, she properly trained and then had a sort of job, right? Yeah, she was she working a job in a bakery. Working. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we talk about all this kind of stuff, all the different jobs she does. Um, now, Alicia is someone who has been put in touch with us by that lovely man, Tom Carlson. The sainted Tom Carlson. You remember him. Yeah. Tour manager to the stars, just as Alicia is. We interviewed him back earlier in this year. I think it, yeah, I think it, it was. It was actually in this, this calendar January, year. January, maybe. January, Something February like time. That. Yeah, but he has been one of the few people that have been hooking us up with some lovely people mm. across the pond. So thought we'd mention him. Uh, also, things we cover in this episode are John Natchez. Do you remember him? Oh, he was lovely as well, wasn't he? He gets a mention. They're, yeah. they're, they're friends. We talk about scar bands. He was in a scar band. You were in a scar band. I was in a scar band. You were in a scar I, band, right? In my mind, yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. 
Why not? Who wasn't? <laughs> uh, what else? Um, we had some internet issues. Of course. Yeah. Of course we did. <laughs> we had a trumpet just... interlude, didn't we, as well? Yeah. We had a special yeah, guest playing some Verdi. Yeah. Um, my voice, still not back to normal. It's sounding so... much better, though. It is actually sounding yeah. quite good now, I yeah. think, for this kind of, this sort of thing. It's got a bit more low end. I feel like but, you could do the, like, the 2am slot on some radio show now. Yeah. Oh, hello. Yeah. Put your socks on. Get, get, yeah, get an extra blanket put, out of the cupboard. Put your socks on. Yeah. I think or, you're going to need to think about your tagline. <laughs> Put your socks on, guys. <laughs> We're going to listen to the full 10-minute version of... Uh, what, what song am I even thinking of? Um, What's that Stone Roses song? Oh. oh I Am God. the Resurrection. I Am the Resurrection. Which I'd say is, is a bit bit too upbeat for, what did you say, 2am? 2am, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you want something really long, long and slow. I think you're wanting something like Dire Straits. Maybe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that time of night. You know, although if you're driving, no good. So, yeah. Ah, well, it's different. Yeah. I'm yeah. thinking like bed, Betty Buys. Yeah, yeah. Hop, <laughs> hop, bottle, hop, bottle. I feel like we should get into the chat. I really um, think we should. It's gone weird. Uh, well, look, um, we'll be back at the end for more of this. Um, but first, here is our interview with Alicia Blake. Caught you in a brief let up in your schedule, haven't we? I think you're out. You've been out touring again. Is that right? I have. It's a miracle. Ah, oh. I know. Uh, yeah, I just got back. Well, yeah, it was almost two weeks ago. I got back from a tour. Um, I had been out for, well, including rehearsals for about five, five and a half, six weeks. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, like really did it. <laughs> Did that feel like going from zero to 100 in like no time? Absolutely. I mean, I think the rehearsals were helpful, at least for for me, um, kind of ramping up being around so many people at once. I'm kind of an introvert by by nature. So it's kind of, you know, odd that I do this job anyway, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) definitely kind of, you know, went back into my my introvert hidey hole during covid and um, yeah, being around a lot of people, it was wild. So we had two weeks of rehearsals and then we just went into it and, you know, playing shows in front of like, you know, three to 7,000 people a night. Um, so <laughs> yeah, really did it. Um, but uh, we did it safely and, um, you know, nobody got sick uh, and we all that's had fantastic. a good time. Yeah. So that's kind of all I can ask for. Yeah. yeah. Who were you touring with? Yeah. Um, right now I'm touring with a band called Sylvan Esso. Oh yeah. Amazing. Oh yes. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. They're like, they're, they're good friends. So it's, it's like being with family at this point. Oh, that's nice. Oh, Had yeah. you worked with them before the lockdown then? I, I did. Yeah. So, um, I worked for them for about three years before in the before times, the um, before times, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as their front of house engineer, I was also their production manager. Oh, um, nice. and then we kind of played a little bit of round Robin and I moved into the tour manager position this year. Oh, great. So you, you've been with them as they've, uh, as they've risen up, you know, to, to their heights and sort of they've, I, I'm sure I came across them probably about 
two or three, four years. Oh, well, it's hard to remember what years what, isn't it now? But yeah. <laughs> about, about is, three or four years ago. Yeah, when I first <laughs> yeah. heard of them. But they, they're, I mean, they're, they're huge, aren't they now? I mean, as you say, 7,000. They yeah, they're doing well. Tickets. Yeah. In, um, in the States, I don't, I don't know if that necessarily um, translates over overseas as, as well. But um, I mean, I think the last time we, I toured Europe with them, it was, it was a little smaller. I mean, but I think that's true of a lot of American bands and vice versa. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting to see like what succeeds uh, outside of the country and what doesn't. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. I think yeah. I listen to so much American um, music that it's all on, comes through Spotify, gets like recommended by Spotify. And I sort of listen to that more than I listen to Six Music, which is probably the the biggest way people hear about music in this country, I'd, I'd say, like, mm-hmm. on, a, yeah, definitely. on a mainstream way. But, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that, actually. Maybe they're not actually that, maybe as big in this country. But I listen to that kind of stuff. It just comes on. And maybe, yeah. yeah. It's all the so, algorithm. The algorithm, sure. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's got to be a market for them yeah. over here. I mean, it, people yeah. are listening to it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, have so you, is this... Go on, sorry, sorry. Go ahead, No, I was just going to say, is this tour, um, is it just around the States then, scheduled for? Yeah, just just stateside for now. I think um, there, we're in talks about doing Europe next summer, but it's, um, you know, who, who I think it's impossible to plan ahead at this point. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll see. Has it been fairly straightforward so far, even with the bit you've done? Have you met, you haven't had to have cancelled shows, or how's that all kind of panned out? No, well, I think I I want to say I mean the the show cancellations over here recently, I would say would be a good mix of some COVID things and then also a lot of just really low ticket sales, um, especially the larger shows uh, like arena tours. They're just not seeing the sales. Um, and so they're ending up having to cancel just because it's not going to make any money. Um, our, our tour, thankfully, I think they're, this band is right in this, is in this pocket where we're big enough to kind of make some demands of, you know, the venues as far as COVID protocols go, but we're not so big that like people are going to feel unsafe attending. So we've done like, you know, a lot of outdoor shows that like what they call sheds. So, um, yeah, like three to three to seven thousand. It's just this like kind of feels like this magic number where it still seems feasible or sustainable right right now. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So zero cancellations outside of we were supposed to play Bonnaroo, but that actually got canceled because of weather, which is wild. Oh really? Was, yeah, if we were gonna think of something being canceled right now, it was not gonna be due to weather, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's nice to mix things up, isn't it? Come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could you talk us through your sort of typical day on a tour for this tour you just did what what would be a typical day for you um yeah so this this tour we're on we're on two buses so it's a band and myself and a a tour photographer on one bus and then we've got crew on the other typical day we're usually parking up at the venue probably around six or seven a.m uh we've got venue access usually around nine to catch a shower and say hello to people, load in around 10 a.m. And then, you know, it's kind of off off to the races. So uh, getting, you know, dressing room set up and, you know, production set up. We probably spend, you know, four or five hours getting lighting going. That's kind of a majority of our production is uh, our lighting design. And then, you know, band, 
band is pretty, uh, this band is so easy. They're so sweet. And so, you know, they tend to kind of take care of themselves, which is really helpful. Oh, thank um, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, they're adults and they act like it a majority of the time. Uh, so, uh, soundcheck is kind of a breeze. They, they roll in and do maybe like three songs, four songs taps. And then, um, you know, everybody gets a break and kind of, uh, scatter to the wind for dinner and, and then come back and do a show. We've only got one opener on this tour, so you know that's kind of nice. Uh, keeps things a little little easier on stage as far as getting things on and off. Oh, brilliant! You haven't got to do massive changes of set it's, designs. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> good. Nothing, nothing crazy there. No. Um, yeah, and then we do a show, and it's usually you know over in a reason. <laughs> I sound so uh, I sound so boring. Um, it's over in a reasonable amount of time. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. we're usually packed up all. by eleven p.m. Yeah. Um, I, I put mean, this down it. to yeah. I I really yeah. I put that down to what we've just been because I I think that as well. I'm like just I'm so delighted if something's finished by half past nine I'm like oh yes I can yes. go home catch up with the American office which I'm blitzing through at the moment oh, okay. it's great <laughs> I prefer the British one if I'm being do honest. you yeah. yes. ah so interesting wow. yeah we were having this debate the other day I think I'm the other way around at the moment no, <laughs> but I it's new I don't know I, it, maybe oh is that you've never watched it before? yeah this is all new oh, so okay yeah <laughs> oh. no spoilers <laughs> For Pharisee. No, come on. Uh, Please, no. Thank you so much. I'm only at the end of series two. There is so much. Oh, Oh, you've got so much to go. I wish I I was in your position. I'm so jealous. (laughs) (laughs) Watch all that again for the first time. Now, I was on your Instagram earlier and I saw that you were doing some lovely outdoor activities during this time. Is this something something you're keen on? (laughs) I really, you know, it's. I love tour managing for a lot of reasons. It uh, kind of, you know, scratches the sitch where I love, you know, making everything kind of fall into place and uh, all of the schedule items line up and, you know, everything runs on time. And that's very exciting for me. Uh, but my other my other thing that I really enjoy tour managing is planning days off and finding a good food to eat, which I think Tom and I are very similar in that way. Um, so, you know, usually when I get a routing for a tour, the first thought is, okay, like, where are we going to have our day off and what are we going to do with it? Um, oh, yes. And I think, you know, I think it's important also to like spend that time if you can recharging, um, alone if you can, but, um, but you know, the next best thing is like, you know, spending it together and doing something fun that is not music related at all. Yeah. What was it you were doing outside and you were in some tent, we did a few things so yeah so uh I was trying to get imaginative about having a place to kind of spread out being COVID safe maybe not spending as much time indoors in the venue if we can so you know the bus is is a nice place to go but that also can get kind of crowded if everybody's on there so we bought like this giant pop-up tent that you would see at like you know an outdoor wedding or something yeah (laughs) <laughs> and um so that lives in our trailer and our uh our merch manager uh Ansley puts that together every day that's kind of become her her baby is her the pop-up tent <laughs> um so we've got you know little camping chairs and some like nice lights that we hang in there and it's just another place for everybody to go so on our off days or like we're doing a lot of you know we need to break up our travel between one show and the next and we've got a day off so we kind of drive halfway and it's usually out in the middle of nowhere so I think maybe the photo you saw was um our drive from denver to 
I want to say Tulsa, maybe. We stopped in Salina, Kansas, the, right. the bustling, bustling metropolis of, and we're parked <laughs> up in the, you know, the hotel parking lot with our buses and we set up the, the pop-up tent. Nick in the band is, uh, is a huge tie-dye dork, like <laughs> loves tie-dye. Like wow. there's a whole scene. I had no idea. No. But, um, yeah. So he's, uh, he hooked us up with like a company while we were in Denver and bought, you know, blank tees and a bunch of colors. And then we just set up in the pop-up tent that day and made a bunch of like tie-dye t-shirts. Oh, that fun. is excellent. <laughs> so nice. I tell you what, if you do come over to London, you need to get straight up to Camden Market and start selling that stuff. Oh, yeah. Make a killing. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, so it's, you know, it, it's so helpful that, like, this group of people that we've put together just really enjoys spending time with one another. Um, mm. Because, you know, I mean, that's kind of our only choice right now. We can't. You know, we've got some strict COVID protocols. We're not seeing friends. We don't have anybody backstage. Um, so, you know, it's been it's been so helpful that everybody really likes spending time together, <laughs> doing stupid things like tie dye t shirts <laughs> in Kansas. <laughs> That's great. I'm I'm yeah. currently on a tour. I just well, I just got back for three weeks off, but we've basically been on for about the last four weeks. And the thing I found tricky getting back into doing this is, is um, that w- when I'm away, you're you're with people the whole day, and you don't really get any time to yourself to just go. Oh my god, I was meant to call that person or book that appointment or send that email, and I'm yeah. just so behind. And it's only when you get home for like a day off or or a few weeks off that they go, "All oh, right, I can actually get stuff done." But the days just yeah. go by so quickly because you kind of. Well, we've been staying in hotels. Yeah. So you kind of get up, get on the bus to the next place. You chat to people on the bus and then you, oh, where are we? Oh, let's have a quick coffee, sound check, mm-hmm. dinner, mm-hmm. gig. And you go, mm-hmm. oh my God, I meant to call my, my brother. It's 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> well, and have you, have you ever found yourself like attempting to do the thing you meant to do and yeah. not realizing how late it is? Like I've attempted <laughs> yeah. to call to make a dentist appointment at like 10 p.m. <laughs> and not understanding why nobody's answering yeah. the phone. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Yeah. I know everything just you're just on your own sort of schedule when you're on tour yeah yeah, yeah and that wild. must be even more so internationally when you're off abroad do you, I mean that's really hard trying oh, to keep up with what's going bonkers. on bonkers yeah I know I mean it's it's just all like nothing I don't know I mean thankfully my my boyfriend understands how this works but like I can't imagine having to like explain this to a significant other and and be like no really like if I'm overseas you're pretty much not just not going to hear from me like I don't know how yeah. we're going to make this work. I'm basically going to forget <laughs> about you, but it, don't take it yeah. personally. It's just yeah, I'm not having any is. fun. It might look like it, but <laughs> yeah. Listen, I hate tie dyeing t shirts. I didn't want I to it. do it. They yeah. made no, me do it. A job. I wasn't <laughs> going to get paid. <laughs> I didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I find that I sort of become a sheep on tour. But that's that's like a sort of privileged position for me because I'm not the tour manager. I'm just like I'm playing the trumpet, so I can just sort of follow whatever the rest of the band. And probably sure, it's probably yeah. harder for the tour manager because you're like you're doing way more work. And I don't know. I feel bad. So I just want to apologise to all tour managers if I've ever <laughs> been like, "Hey, uh, where are the towels um, <laughs> and the shower?" But just look at 
like master tour. Just open your eyeballs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. just look around. Where are they every time? Yeah, Usually because they're in one what, of two places. Yeah. Yeah. What are those questions that you always get asked, and when you think, "Oh, please, God, don't ask me that again." I mean, anything involving the schedule, because it's literally on an app on everybody's phone. I mean, these yeah. people are holding their phones and asking me what time soundcheck is. But I mean, you know, I, I think when I was like full on. Sorry, that was well, my son came in. Is there my, a trumpet happening? I there is a, there's, one of my sons is practicing his trumpet and yeah. the other one is just coming and open the door. Sorry. What's he practicing? <laughs> he is practicing. Oh, hang on a minute. I'll just have a quick listen and see what it is. Da 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 I'm just going to shut the door because otherwise we're going to get a lot of trumpet. One second. That's cool that you say you get get that excitement from all the logistics coming together. I do, yeah. I don't know. I mean, like at the end of the day, a show happens and I get to, you know, claim that I had a hand in that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's exciting to me. And that must feel very um, present and like very much in the moment when you're sound engineering, when you're, especially when you're working on the front of house sound. Yeah, and is that, absolutely. That's, I was listening to an interview did where you were talking about starting out in that. And I gather you, you went to it, went along to a club and, and sort of said, I'm keen to learn. Is that, have I got the gist of that? <laughs> Basically, yeah. 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 I met a sound engineer at a small club here in Seattle and, and was, yeah, like, I want to do this and. And he was like, yeah, cool, show up tomorrow. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> and I was like, and all right. And I was there for five years, so. Wow. Yeah. What led you to that in the very first place? Had you been building up to going in there? And um, Well, so I think I got into high school and I started going to shows a lot. Um, I had a, a my my best girlfriend at the time my my parents would never take me to a show because it was just too I mean I, I grew up like north of Seattle in the burbs it was way too much of a drive but my friend's dad at the time was very into that so he would like take us drive us into Seattle it's about a 45 minute drive and drop us off at a show and he would just sit in the car and read a book so it was the best. I got to like see so many shows. And I think it was around then that it was like, how can I get involved in this? And like, I don't want to be in a band that's not like, what else is there? Like, what could you be doing? And I think right around that, I, mean, I was always into music, but like really listening to music and understanding. Like I started reading liner notes and like seeing, you know, producer credits. And I'm like, what is a producer? Like, what does that person do? Um and so then I started getting, you know, interested in recording, like, okay, well, maybe this is, this is the thing. And so I was going to go to school for recording. I actually applied to go to Berkeley. They had just started like a four-year audio, uh, like production program. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then, you know, talk about being poor. I think like at the last minute I was like, oh, I can't do this either. <laughs> you know, $75,000 a year. God. <laughs> But not oh. including housing. So like, you, know, living in, you can't do that. So I was like, okay, forget this. Um, 
you know. How do think, people even do that? That's just amazing. I, I literally don't understand it. But but to be fair, I think Berkeley at the time, I'm sure it hasn't changed much. Uh, I don't think like their graduation rate was something like 25% of like incoming students because most people would go there to get connections. Like that's the place you go to like get a record deal. Um, you get involved with like the right professors and like meet the right people. You start a band or whatever, you know, and, and yeah. you become the next, you know, whoever, like John Mayer went to Berkeley, but like he didn't graduate from Berkeley. There's like a bunch of people like that. Anyway, decided against that moved to Seattle. I was still under 21 at the time. There's not a lot of uh, options for places to see a show if you're underage. Uh, but there was an, an, an all-ages space called The Paradox. It was like a nonprofit volunteer run. And yeah, I met, like, met the sound engineer. I was like, I, I want to do this. And he's like, cool, be here tomorrow. They also had a recording studio that they used upstairs. So when they weren't doing shows, they were also recording records there. Oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, like did some assistant engineering, quickly figured out that that wasn't for me sitting in the same room day after day, <laughs> like listening to the same thing. Um, but the live shows were the thing. That was the exciting. It was like really exciting for me to be, you know, uh, on stage and like miking up instruments. And, you know, yes. uh, that was that was like really where it, where it started. It's like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, I guess so doing that job, um, you would have had different artists every day. Exactly. So it was always a bit yeah. different. And because um, I, I think I, I play in a, a brass group that play covers of pop mm-hmm. songs and stuff. And we've we've been going about nine years and we've we've never, um, well, occasionally we, we bring along our own front of house engineer, but we usually pretty much 99% of the time, we just use whoever's there. And... I mean, sometimes it doesn't work. It sounds, it's really bad. But they're also doing our monitors as well, um, quite <laughs> yeah. often. But occasionally it's it's really good. I, mean, I think that's a question we need to have uh, amongst the bands about whether we, we hire, uh, you know, think about our budgets. Um, anyway, um, but it's quite interesting, like, because a lot of those people, they've never had that lineup before where there's, we've got uh, eight brass uh, and two uh, drums and percussion. And okay. often, yeah. you know, you'll turn up and they've set it up for like a four piece, like guitar band. Yeah. And so yeah. some people, they, it's like a real challenge and they go, wow, this is really cool. I'm working with brass and like how to engineer that and how to make it sound good. Uh, some sure. people, it doesn't work. And uh, it's, yeah. uh, but, <laughs> but I think it's, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Did you have some interesting bands when you were there that, that you know, that weren't just brass, uh, not brass? weren't just guitar just, band. Just, it just brass it was just all a brass the time. Club. That's all yeah. So niche, so niche, but great. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a clever name of like what the club would be called if it were all brass bands every night. Um, uh, yeah, it was, you know, it was all kinds of, kinds of different things. So yeah. this was like, you know, early 2000s. There's still like, unfortunately, there's still like the ska wave happening. I don't uh, know if that's third wave, fourth wave. Well, when uh, was that ska. to say? What era um, was we talking about? Like 2001 to, the, to like 2004. Oh yeah, that was when I, I was in a ska band in, in Essex. Now hang on a minute. And, yes. you were, and was it John Natchez as well? John Natchez was in a ska band. Yes. yes. <laughs> that's right. He's not going to like hearing you saying that, oh, is he now? <laughs> I feel like he's not too shy about that. I, I, he, I think he, he shared photos with me at, at some point. We did ask him about band, the ska but... band. He didn't really want to go into it too much. Oh, I think he was okay. a little bit ashamed. <laughs> 
I really wanted to talk about it because I was in a ska band. I mean, you look back on it now and you're like, embarrassing. But um, I, I just... I mean, that's important though, you know? I mean, like, it's maybe laughable now, but like, you... Are, you are, got something out of it you played yeah, yeah. in a band you got to tour like that's yeah definitely it's still cool you know at the time yeah, yeah. and, and when you look back and I, I learned i did learn so much about playing yeah we're all really backtracking on scar <laughs> now aren't we <laughs> it, it was my first experience though of, of playing on stage and having a you know front of house monitors playing into a mic and all that it was yeah. a similar thing yeah. where i'm from south end in essex so we had a little club called chinneries that was where we played. There was a little scene down there. I just and I listened to Real Big Fish and Sublime all the time. Yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> early two thousands. No one's yeah. safe. No. Nobody's musical tastes are safe in the early two thousands. No. Late eighties. It was wasn't it was good bad. for anything. Fashion. No. That was bad. No. no. It was so bad. So bad. But you know, things are cyclical. <laughs> Everything comes back in twenty twenty year cycles. So I think we're we're due. It's true. It's we're almost. Come back. We're almost there, yeah, because I'm seeing kids dressed like I did in high school. Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for when so the braces wild. over braces over jumpers tucked into a skirt come back with a nice oh, floppy wow. hat with maybe some flowers on it. I'm wow. waiting for that. Wow. That's, that's <laughs> great, isn't it? It's a good look. <laughs> oh, so, so you had scar bands at this club. Did you have anything? Yeah, we weird? had ska bands. We had, um, you know, we had a huge hardcore scene in yeah. Seattle around that time. So that was kind of the club's meat and potatoes. We had a huge hardcore scene, um, a lot of metal. We had, um, you know, touring bands too. So you know, like folk, rock, like a, a whole ton of ton of stuff. Um, and that's, I mean, I think that's how. I just learned how to how to do different different things with sound. I just got to yeah. just got all these weird bands thrown at me, and I had you know, I think you know there is the like stereotypical house sound guy that you probably run into Seb yeah. with your brass band that's yeah, yeah. you know hasn't taken the time to look into the band that's playing that night and just is automatically set up for a four piece rock act. Yeah. Um, because that's what they're nor- normally used to, and then kind of falls apart when you show up and tell them it's something different. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which is so unfortunate. Yeah, <laughs> um, I like it with just, strings where they're really like wanging. You get a lot of re- where very yes. closely mined up. That's always a treat. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I um, I did front of house for a while. Um, I, I occasionally dip in and do it sometimes for a, a group called the Portland Cello Project. As oh, with, cool! You know, an eight-piece eight cello group with right. um, drums and bass and like guest singers and and the Brilliant. whole bit. And I just cannot imagine that group touring without an engineer. Just yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's very specific, it's just isn't it? To fail. Yeah. <laughs> so where did the um where did the point come where you moved from sound and engineering in the club to did you start getting itchy feet and thinking, I want to go out touring? Was it touring on the agenda for you? I think eventually it was, but I didn't really understand how that, like how that worked, or like how that translated. Um, you know, how do you, yeah, how do you move from a, a 250 cap club to like mixing a band in an arena and like who pays you and how how much and like how does anybody make a living at this and 
I was definitely like pretty ignorant to, to all of that. And I didn't really have anybody, I didn't really know anybody that was doing it. So I couldn't really ask like, what, what are you doing? How do you do this? I started touring actually as a, I, I did like my first tour, I was just tour managing and selling merch and it was terrible. It was terrible. I, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to do this. I had at the time I was doing sound at the club, but I had also started taking over some booking responsibilities. So I learned how to book shows, which was really cool. Um, you know, started learning how to, uh, how to deal with booking agents and, and signing contracts and all of that. Um, so, you know, tour management is basically the, the, the inverse of that, right? So you're just seeing the other, other side of booking a show. Um, I had a friend that was kind of had like a very, a very tiny booking agency and she had booked this like dirt dog tour for a band out of New Zealand through the States. And so not only did they need a tour manager, but they needed somebody that could like drive in the country. And (laughs) (laughs) so I, I was 25 at the time and, um, yeah, flew to New York and rented a minivan and picked up three, like 21 year old kids (laughs) from Christchurch, New Zealand. I'm getting serious flight of the Concord vibes here. Oh, (laughs) it was worse. It was so bad. Oh no. I mean, I think I'm glad I did it and I got to, you know, it was very, very, very low budget. Um, You know, like these kids don't know anybody. I've never been on tour before and we're literally like asking for a place to sleep from the stage that night. So like sleeping on strangers floors, sleeping on weird couches in like party houses. It was (laughs) it was wild. Um, I'm really glad I did it. It was really hard with, you know, a group of kids who had never been to the States who were like partying their minds out. I'm not really a partier to begin with. So like dealing with like a bunch of kids, like wanting to cancel their next three shows so they can stay in LA and do Coke was just, you know. (laughs) Oh my God. It was a time. (laughs) It was a time. Um, What a way to learn. What What a way way. to learn the job. (laughs) (laughs) I think I definitely, yeah, learned how to pick up on some red flags from there. But um, I went home and I was, uh, I had eventually moved away from that club. The club had shut down. Um, but I was booking some like at some DIY spaces in town and booked some band out of Philly. And they were like, Hey, do you ever go on tour? And I said, yeah, totally all the time. (laughs) 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 And so they took me out. That was my first tour as a front house engineer. So, um, and it was great. I mean, those guys are still like, those guys are, uh, some of my best friends to this day. Um, and I learned so much with them. But uh, yeah, like the second tour I did with them, uh, we were opening for St. Vincent on like her second record. Oh, wow. Um, Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was incredible. Um, and what a great place to be. I mean, uh, Annie, I mean, I've since worked for St. Vincent. I worked with, I toured with, with her with, with Tom, actually. And, um, but at the time she had... Uh, a female front of house engineer with her. And that was the first time I had ever seen another lady front of house. Um, yeah. So that was, that was mind blowing. And um, she really kind of took me under her wing and um, uh, she set me up with my next touring job. And that's kind of how that 
happened. She was like, yeah, I got approached about this gig and I can't take it. Would you like me to put your name in the hat? Um, and that was when I started working for, uh, this, uh, musician out of San Francisco, Tao Nguyen. She has a band called Tao and the Get Down, Stay Down. And Tao and I have worked on and off now for like 10 years. Um, oh, that's so, so great. This, that's just kind of, yeah, how it works. Yeah. So I started working for Tao and then it was just, it, I mean, this whole industry is kind of, you know, very much word of mouth. Uh, and then from there, I just started getting, getting calls. It was kind of incredible. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So now do you do a sort of mix of front of house and tour managing? Yeah, I do. Um, I think it just depends, you know, depends on the band, depends on what they're looking for. I've definitely done a ton of uh, double duty. So TM and front of house. Yeah. Oh, um, wow. I mean, that's 24 hours a day, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you have to have yeah. wear your, like, are you wearing the two hats at the same time? I'm two just trying to imagine. at the same time. Um, yeah. I mean, at least, like, front of house, you can kind of step, at least sound check is this kind of respite from <laughs> all your yeah. other responsibilities. Yeah, back I mean, off. We, I can't tell you where the towels I'm are. I'm busy, doing sound. Very busy listening. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and you do, yeah, but you know sorry, that sorry, only works with. Sorry, oh, I, had sorry. A, I had an internet issue there. I I just oh, started okay. to half launch into a question, then I heard you talking. Ignore me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, Carry on. Uh, I think I think doing double duty that really that really only truly works for particular kinds of bands. Um, you know, bands that are are capable of taking care of themselves, who don't need to be babysat, who, you know, maybe don't have like a ton of extra stuff going on yeah. during the day. So, you know, like if you're on some kind of massive, you know, uh, run where you're doing, you know, multiple press items every day, that's maybe not necessarily uh, a good place to be as a tm front of house but oh, no. um, we made, made it work i made it work but you know ultimately like something's going to to suffer doing both which what which role do you find most satisfying do you find it most satisfying when you juggle the two and it comes off a treat or or would I you mean, rather just be focused? that really feels good but um, i bet it yeah, does yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was, i'm just you know you finish a tour like that and you're a total wreck no matter how well you you know try to take care of yourself 
But um, no, man, I mean, I think like both are really satisfying for me. Front of house is really like when the mix is good and like the show, the audience is good and like, you know, you're just hitting all the all the points in the set and it just, you know, that feels really nice. Um, that's really satisfying for me. But tour, you know, tour management also has its has its perks and it's, you know, uh, for for me, it's like re- the really small things. Like, uh-oh. oh, oh, I'm back. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. 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 My internet just it just decided to disconnect. It didn't give me any reason. It oh, just cool. went. That's but great. sorry, I'm back. So it's, it's okay. I got I got as far as you saying that it, that when you you're a wreck at the end of the tour yeah, when you've done double duties. Um, but but I'll catch up. I'll listen back. Okay. Um, yeah. So but but tour managing can be really satisfying in these ways where like you know like I was telling you guys about the the crew with Sylvan Esso, you know I got to oversee putting that group together and to see all of these people really get along and work well together and make things happen to the point where like I don't have to worry about anybody doing their job. It's just so huge and it feels so rewarding to know like, oh yeah, like I picked these people and then like, it's all happening. It's everybody's doing a great job and everybody's having a good time. I mean, like we, we finished this run doing like a fly-in show for some festival in Tampa, Florida. And one of our crew members didn't come. We didn't, we didn't need him for that one. But we were, we're all having drinks in the band's hotel room after the show. And somebody says, you know what? I miss Jetto. Jetto is our missing crew member. And somebody FaceTimes him. And everybody is just crowded around a phone talking to this person that's not there. Oh. That we, like, we haven't not seen him in like five days. But everybody is like, where's Jetto? And it's just such a treat to like just see this team we put together you know miss each other it's so nice Aww. yeah have you been on some tours where it's been an absolute nightmare to be a tour manager not not your yes. first one <laughs> yes you have <laughs> i'm talking i mean we, we came up with some scenarios before oh yeah we did um t- to see what your reaction would be um okay. verity go on like, seb no, oh i was gonna <laughs> well we've got we've got a few we've yeah i've got them here okay so we've got three scenarios for you okay okay number one it's 3 a.m in the morning and somebody one of the band let's say decides that they really need a chinese takeaway at that point you're in the middle of nowhere what do you do (laughs) don't answer your phone um I mean, I want to say that anybody in their right mind should not be asking for something like that. But um, man, I, I feel really like don't that know. New Zealand squad might have been doing that to you. Might have, yeah. <laughs> you just say no. You, go, you can't get just, it now. Go to no, bed. yeah, yeah. Good. Go Firmly, bed. a firm no. Excellent. No, I can't do that for you. <laughs> Good. Fair enough. Well done. Excellent. Right. So, scenario number two. It's 6pm on the evening of a gig and uh, one of the band has not turned up, has not got their phone on. You cannot trace this person. What do you do? Usually look in their bunk to see if they're asleep. (laughs) Or alternatively call their hotel room because they're usually in there asleep. Right. (laughs) It's usually one of two places sleeping. 
<laughs> I've definitely had, yeah, band members go missing and it's usually yeah, oh, as- asleep somewhere. <laughs> it's that sweaty palm moments. Do you get stressed about things like that or are you so used to it now? You can just be like, it's okay. They'll be there. Um, I think, well, I think it's combo of a couple of things. Like uh, I, I don't get stressed anymore about it because I just don't put myself in a position to be working for a band where band members disappear, you know, like, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing as the Chinese at 3am. Like I'm not going to work for anybody that's going to ask that of me because that sounds terrible to deal with every single day. Yeah. And I bet some people have to. Yeah. I bet. I'll say that Tom's one of those people. I think he's really good at that though. Like Tom is great at that. I'm not, and I'm just not going to be that person. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to babysit an adult. Like, I just can't do it. No, and fair enough. (laughs) It's not worth it. No. Yeah. Well, good. So I think the answer to the next question I have might be quite similar, but I'm going to put it to you (laughs) nonetheless. I'm going to stick with it. It's here. (laughs) Um, So one of the band has gone rogue. Uh, They've perhaps drank too much in the daytime and you've got a whole load of press interviews for the band lined up. Uh, what do you do with this band member? <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, I mean, I have actually been in that position. Um, uh, gallon, gallon of coffee, um, re, reschedule press to, you know, another day. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's usually best to not yeah. try and plow through it. Just No. You can't just hide yeah. them in like at, the, at the back with some sunglasses on. Yeah. <laughs> just don't say anything. Just... Just, yeah. just nod when told. <laughs> just nod. Yeah, just maybe don't say anything. Um, yeah, I mean, thankfully anymore, most press can be done remotely, right? So, mm. oh, that's true. Schedule it for another day. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, internet <laughs> issues. It's not going to happen. Yeah, we've got no <laughs> Wi-Fi here. In which case, do you before you take on a tour? So, uh, how far in advance will you get? information about the band that you're going to be working with or does it kind of all happen a different way now um when you're finding out about a new band you'll be touring with um I mean usually like if I get approached about tour managing a band I mean they're they're obviously going to tell me who they are first and then um usually I like to have a conversation with their management about you know the band themselves what their personalities are like like how they tour what what's their general disposition yeah um and then you know this this world is pretty small so uh, more often than not you you know i probably know somebody that's worked for them in the past um or is on their crew already so you know just as much as this is um you know a word of mouth industry as far as getting work it's also you know everybody kind of knows everything yeah about everybody so you know you usually don't have to look too far for for somebody you know that's that's worked with this band before and that's usually how i if i don't know this band to begin with i'll ask around like what's the deal yeah these guys are these guys cool do they like to stay up until four in the morning are they gonna want me to order them chinese food how much do they tie-dye yeah (laughs) (laughs) well so when I I mean I've known Nick from Sylvanessa for a long time because he used to be in another band uh called Megaphon um and I did sound for them a few times but uh but I remember when Nick and I talked about me working for Sylvanessa and he said I have to warn you we talk about our feelings a lot 
And I was like, oh, okay, this is the band for me. <laughs> that sounds great. Three. Verity, you did find another job that Alicia does that, uh, th- go on. Count. Yeah, sorry, Continue I took a massive thoughts. intake of yeah. breath there because, she's, she's yeah. Because <gasps> you are an incredible baker, aren't you? Like, I mean, I've, yeah. I'm I've thinking. seen your works of art. Oh, I mean, they oh. are incredible. You've got a whole separate Instagram uh, page, haven't you? And now let me get it right. It's busy baking, busy baking, busy baking Blake goods, right? Yes. Is that, yeah. yeah. Wow, yeah. those cakes are insane. They're Thank so good. You. Thank you so much. It's, well, you were actually. Did you retrain partially? I did, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So um, uh, this was. Uh, pre-COVID, but it certainly feels like a COVID pivot anyway. But yeah. um, uh, I, you know, I'd been touring for about 10 years and I was getting a little burned out and and thought like, maybe this is time for me to, you know, try something else out. And baking, baking and cooking both are, are something I, I really love. I really enjoy doing. Um, and I thought before about, you know, going to pastry school. So um, yeah, I finished... I finished a record cycle with Sylvanesso in like 2018. And then, yeah, and then I went back to school. I went to pastry school. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's right. Just taking a hard left at, I don't know, what was I at the time? 38. Yeah. <laughs> That's so great, though. And do you, yeah. I mean, was it an absolute load of work, though? Because it was a yeah. lot, you know, I mean, it's full time work. It was, um, you know, six to eight hours a day at school. Oh, for, oh okay. For, Four of those are in the kitchen uh, working on stuff. So so you weren't um, combining the two. I was imagining that you no. were. Whew, yeah. No, no I like, I completely, I walked away from, from touring for like a year and a half and, and just did school oh. full time. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, that, you know, I mean, it was definitely like, I think I had some romanticized ideas about what pastry school was going to be like. Um, and those were quickly <laughs> thrown in the trash, but, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm glad I, I I'm glad I went and, and I got to, you know, kind of, for me, it was this like, okay, well, I'm going to do this. And if this is still exciting to me when I finish, then like, maybe this is a thing that I do that I pursue. So I started working at a cake shop in Seattle for a little while, learned how to decorate cakes properly and uh yeah and then COVID hit so they are amazing the, I've seen oh, some you. of your decorations the the gingerbread house that you made it's oh so, yeah now I tried to do one last quick I'm really not a baker <laughs> quite clear to see if you've seen anything I've made but it's um they are hard and that is incredible it's so Thank intricate you. Thank you well so much. done yeah but did, did it also sort of re-inspire you to to tour and did it bring back your love of music more as well because you were saying you felt a bit burnt out possibly when you went into it yeah I think um I mean I was definitely burned out on on travel and you know just the I mean I I think I'm sure you guys know that like you know it it seems or sounds like a a glamorous kind of lifestyle but truly it's you know 80 percent you know long days and being, you know, in the, being somewhere that you don't want to be or like hanging out in a green room, that's disgusting. And then, you know, the, the, the show happens and that's magical, but then, you know, you're right back down and like, you know, you're in Tulsa, Oklahoma and 
forgetting to call your significant other. And like, <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. uh, it gets old uh, a little fast. Um, so I, and I think like I had also kind of, I, I don't think I had ever really figured out how to take care of myself in general. And then like on specifically on the road, not taking care of myself. So when I decided to go to school, it was more like a, like, yeah, let's see if this is something else I want to do, but also like, maybe I need to, t- to walk away from this and like, you know, be an adult for a moment and, and figure out my shit. So, uh, yeah. So being at school was, I think was helpful in that, like, you know, I had some like consistency. I had like a regular, like rigorous schedule. And that was the first time I had had anything like that since I think I was in high school. So, you know, waking up at 6am and like going to school for eight hours a day. And then, you know, remembering yeah. to make, I had to like, you know, make dinner every night. That's, you know, not something that I'd done in a really long time. So I think, I think it was like equal parts, you know, uh, like pursuing this other interest and then, and then also just like learning how to, to be a person. So, yeah. (laughs) So if you were saying that, weren't you just even from being away touring for a few weeks, it just kind of, it it just makes you feel a bit crazy, doesn't it? When you come back. Yeah. Yeah. You, You can just sort of feel everything getting away from you. You're not really in control of anything you're doing. I'm sure you said earlier that you were going to tell us about a theatre. I want to know because I asked oh, yeah. them earlier about this and you said you'd save it. So oh, I want you're to talking know about, now. I mean, you mentioned there about being in a horrible green room. And last week we were in the Winter Gardens, which is a, a venue in Margate um, in Kent, which has become quite a trendy place to move to. Mm. Yeah, I have, um, a, I have a friend who is a lighting engineer and he has like a... A coffee shop there. Oh right. Oh, that makes total yeah. sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Yes, this <laughs> is really arty. Sorry, Karen. <laughs> yeah. But we were in there. You go in the venue, just smell damp, and in our dressing room, the ceiling was just black mold. And oh. I was in there, and just I, I didn't even I didn't see the ceiling at first, but then I just heard a drip. I was like, it "Sounds like a drip." And I looked, and it was just bloop, bloop, this dripping. And it, I got a no. wet foot. My sock was wet <laughs> from. Although it wasn't even raining. It was just, it, it wasn't Ugh. like a really heavy rainfall. Anyway, um, we did the gig. And then a couple of days later, we read in the news, they've closed down the venue because of the ceiling. And and in the in the article, they said, oh, don't, like, basically, don't worry, it wouldn't have affected the audience at all. It was just backstage. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> okay. oh, cool, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's we, no problem. We could have died. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. Oh um, no. I know. Have you got any particular shockers <laughs> that you've uh, you've toured to? Oh, I mean, I think well, there's so many. I mean, I don't know where to start. <laughs> right. But um I don't know I don't know what it is about green rooms where like I mean, there's there's some venues that do it right, and they like they really know how to take care of the you know people that are playing these shows, and there are some that just you know like I I don't think anybody's actually taken a look inside that room since the building opened, oh, um, you know, yuck, just disgusting. Yeah. Like yeah, uh, you know the one the one bare light bulb or um, <laughs> <laughs> or the the couch that you know nobody would want to sit on. That's you know, questionable smells and 
Yeah. I had, a, I had a couch one time. I I'm gonna I'm gonna name and shame. I went into the knitting factory in Boise, Idaho, and moved a couch away from the wall to find the one electrical outlet. And a swarm of flies came out of oh the no. couch. <laughs> God, yuck. So, yeah, that's, that's the knitting factory. Um, yeah. Avoid, avoid. Avoid, uh, avoid at all costs. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of like midsize or smaller clubs that are that are like that. It's just disgusting. Mm. And I'm like, like, could you just come in with, you know, some Febreze and like maybe a vacuum? Just make, please, just once. Yeah. It may be some of those nice rim diffusers just to at least give the illusion of something. Yeah. Oh, God. I would even take a plug-in, you know, Glade plug-in or something. Yeah, even that would just (laughs) do it. A little, show me that you care, even the tiniest bit about me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Quite. I've been in some travel lodges recently where you go in and it smells of Febreze and there's already a fan on. Yeah, yeah. Like, what, that's not good. What are they hiding here? What was going on here? Yeah. Seb, I, I have to ask, did yeah. you stay, you haven't stayed in the one which is at Nutsford Services recently, have no, you? No, I haven't. Oh, this is a really important shout out. Nobody stay there ever, ever, ever. ever. I got there <laughs> in the middle of the night. It was about 11 o'clock at night and I... For one, they gave me a key on a wooden fob, and I was like, "This isn't right. It should be a card that I put." Something is already wrong here. Yeah. I have to use an actual key in the door. And I got in, and my room—the windows were open, and it was above the petrol forecourt. And it was so wrong. It was so wrong. I was so convinced oh, that no. there was somebody under it. I, I had to put the TV on really loudly, and I closed the windows. I really thought I was going to be killed in that room. It was so so awful. It was the dodgiest place on earth. Uh, uh, love, a, love a murder hotel. Staying yeah. Many of us. Oh, it's I awful, mean, isn't I, it? I <laughs> check out, it doesn't matter where I'm at, I'm always checking all of the places that somebody yeah. could be hiding them. Yes. Yeah, I, totally. like behind, behind the long curtains, in, oh. in the tiny closet, in the bathroom. Yeah. 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 Under the bed for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> behind the curtains. If there's a little sofa behind there. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh dear. I was just going to ask, um, where next? Where are you off to? And who with? Um, so more, more Sylvanesso. Um, oh, great. Yeah. So we start up another leg of touring um, in the Midwest uh, next week. Um, oh, cool. Fly, fly out there on Monday. Yeah. Um, so we've got like three weeks along the East Coast and then um, I'm on a little break and then I, uh, I'm i actually going to be out with uh, Courtney Barnett next year. Oh, next fantastic. January. Yeah. She's great. Yeah, she's awesome. Have you worked with her so, before? Um, yeah, we did a tour just, uh, let's see, it was summer of 2019. We did a, I did like five weeks with them on monitors for, for that tour. Oh, yeah. Ah, oh, great. And that's what you're doing on this, the next one yeah, you're doing monitors. Yeah. Ah, mm-hmm. so that, will that feel like, I was going to say relaxing, probably not relaxing, no. but will it feel compared <laughs> with what you're doing currently? Will that feel like, okay, whew. I think, yeah. I mean, I think any time that I get to do just one job is exciting. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, I mean, monitors is definitely like in the moment, it's, it's pretty intense. Um, but, um, but on the whole, it's it's pretty pretty chill, especially with that band because they're just 
kind of a well-oiled machine at this point. So like everybody gets everything knocked out in, in like record time. And, and then we just have time to hang out, which is nice. They're lovely. Her, she and her band are, are really nice. Oh, can can being yeah. monitors um, can that be a bit of a thankless task? Because I always I always think like obviously people look at you when they need something changed in mm-hmm. their ears or, or the mm-hmm. wedges, but it's, you don't tend to go thanks for doing that earlier on yeah. or like yeah cool thumbs up it's great now you don't <laughs> I try to do it you know but but you can forget because it's like you're just playing and, and it's like, oh my sounds good now but yeah is it yeah. like that well I mean I would say that. Uh, any of those three jobs, front of house, monitors, tour management, it's, they're all kind of thankless. Yeah, you know? I guess so. You're usually not like getting talked to unless something is going wrong, right? Yeah. Mm. Um, so if you don't hear anything, then you're, you're doing awesome. Uh, yeah, that's but it. yeah, monitors, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think it depends on the band too. I think like yeah. uh, with Courtney, I think those guys are, are great at like giving feedback. And, and even if it's positive, they'll be like, oh, yeah, it sounded awesome tonight. Thank you which is helpful, but you know, it, it just depends on who you're working for. But I would, I would encourage you to thank your monitor and engineer. (laughs) From this day forward, actually, I bet you're good. I always say thank you. And I'm sure you do too, Seb. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I'm going to, next time I see my tour manager on this tour, I'm going to just go up and say, you're doing a really good job. I just didn't, you're, it's great. Thank you. You make everything so easy. Yeah. Yeah. We've got an excellent tour manager on this tour. I tell you what, she's going to be freaked think? out. Like, Who have you been talking to? You've been talking to another tour manager, haven't you? <laughs> she's like, what is wrong <laughs> yeah, with you? you? Yeah, what's happened? What do you really yeah. want? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What have you done? <laughs> yeah, I need to miss sound check next week. Is that okay? <laughs> the towels are over there, all right, Seb? The towels are there. <laughs> There we go. Alicia, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Alicia. We were dead lucky to catch her because it sounds like she's on a very, very short break at the moment from this tour. Yeah, I know. Yeah, downtime from a touring. Uh, that's why I'm in that period well, right now. Both of you, yes. You yeah. too. It's been Are you a nice enjoying few days. it? Yeah, yeah, I am. But I'm still a bit ill, which has been uh, annoying. 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 Still a very bad sore throat. Can you, I mean, yeah, I don't suppose you can relax, can you? I mean, you've got a small child and Yeah, also, alive. I think she's got um, hand, foot and mouth. Oh, no, has she? If that's not too personal to say on a podcast. I think that's fine. <laughs> I think that's fine. <laughs> but would oh. I have it too? Uh, what would the other symptoms be apart from, I suppose... Uh, people- a rash on the genitals. <laughs> oh, I don't well maybe if you put a picture on instagram for everyone we can all decide (laughs) (laughs) i haven't got that just so you know (laughs) but i do have a sore throat i called up well i spoke to the gp the other day and you you were you got to say your symptoms right yeah and i was just like it it hurts when i laugh and i can't sing falsetto oh my god (laughs) What did they say to that? And she's like, I've got I've got a trainee paramedic with me. Is that all right if they listen in? Um, sing, sing so, for them. Sing. sing. I'm going, Fime and Sam. But that's not a paramedic, is it? Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da
Yeah, I can see you're struggling. <laughs> it's sad because falsetto was one of my strongest points in oh, my yeah, I mean. range vocally. I remember once in Royal David City from last Christmas. Did we talk <laughs> about this last episode? I, uh, I can't remember. Can't remember. Can't we definitely remember. talked about it. But I've decided to cut it out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't doesn't sound good, but it it's the notes are there. Oh no, I thought it was there excellent. anymore. Such they're not a there shame. anymore. So sad. I mean, luckily I don't sing for my job, really, to to mm. much of an extent. But anyway, there you go. Enough about me. Um, there's a Patreon, isn't there? We yeah. have a Patreon. And look, if you like this show, you can come and join all the others that are over the Patreon. And we've got a little club going on over there. There's yeah. a bonus feed where you get extra chat. This week, there's 20 more minutes with Alicia Blake. That's an excellent size chat. It isn't, isn't <laughs> it? It is, isn't it? And yes. you get all that yeah. for £3.50 a month. <gasps> that's nothing. Plus fat. Oh, okay. But still, <laughs> that's nothing. <laughs> it's nothing. We've got some new people who've joined up this very last week, haven't we? Yeah, Th- we do. Thanks, guys. Thank you so very much. much. Appreciated. We really value you. Yeah, thank you very much, everyone. It's really nice. It helps us make this show. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we fit this in around everything else. Um, also, we must say thank you mm-hmm. to Chimney Fire Coffee for sponsoring this episode. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. If you love coffee and you've run out of coffee yeah, and you're going, oh, I need to get coffee. Oh, should I go to the shops? Yeah. It's cold. Mm. I don't want to go out. Well, if you go to chimneyfirecoffee.com, yes. they will deliver it to your door. And if you use the code TIAB20 at checkout, you'll get 20% off your first bag of coffee. Oh, for goodness sakes. That's T-I-A-B excellent. is short for three in a bar. That's right. Did you know that? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> 20 is short for uh, 20, but 20. written as, as a number. That's Should right. Oh, that. yeah. It's written as a number. Right, two number. zero. Yeah. Yeah. T-I-A-B two zero. There. And, it, and it. it's really delicious coffee, isn't it? Yeah. You had some so today. Good. I had some today. Yes. It's so good. I've actually good. run out of, of their coffee. I, I hope okay, they're going to send us some more. Well, we need to put that call out right now, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> Need to get our contacts at TIA. No, that's us. That's us. Chimney Fire Coffee. <laughs> anyway, it's really good. Check it out. They got they do some yeah. lovely, uh, lovely charitable work as well. Yeah, they do. Go to their website and see what they do. It's great. Yeah. Or listen to yeah. our advert again that we did at the start of this. Oh episode. yeah, you've got this info. Anyway, there Look, it is you, again. You've, you've put in the hard miles, guys. You've listened to the advert. You've listened to this other bit here. Yeah. You're you've probably quite thirsty work. by now. Yeah, and maybe a bit tired because there was a lot of information. You need that a lot caffeine of information. boost. <laughs> right. Um now mm-hmm. there's more there's more of this episode to go. You okay. thought you thought it was winding down. Yeah. But it's not. Oh. Because today yeah. we are launching. <laughs> I haven't even told you about it. <laughs> oh my god. This is so exciting. It feels like it's a this is your life moment. What's gonna happen? <laughs> okay. Um yeah. right, guys. No matter what you're doing, if you're working on something this week or you're on a tour, mm-hmm. you're with a band, yeah, go up to the tour manager or the stage manager or the company manager and just give them a blooming hug. Do that. 
do that. Just no, I mean, don't do that because of COVID. But don't but just do say, that. Just, <laughs> just, just at a two meters distance. Ask them to stop, and then yeah. just say, you know, in the corridor, and then yeah. just say, thank you for everything you do. I really yeah, appreciate well, you. I think that's an excellent idea. Try when you just said it. When Seb just said it, then it was so terrifying. He did it with like scary, slightly dead eyes. Don't do it like that because that did might I? scare the bejesus out of them. You did. You held your hands up like that and did it with quite Stop. an intense face. Stop. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I've, I've been retraining as a lollipop lady. <laughs> I'm going to go and do a wine exam now. An actual exam, is it? Mock no, exam. Mock, mock. The real right, one's right, on the yeah, 5th yeah. of November. Tonight's episode <laughs> tonight i have to i have to write about sherry port champagne and fortified muscat and honestly oh. none of it is retained in my brain come on come on got any okay. wise words well i did have some idea for some content there maybe next oh, time i can test you on the podcast oh i'd like that that would be brilliant yeah. yeah all right send me over the details and okay we'll do it. Okay, I'll forward you the flashcards. Great. Okay. Wicked. <laughs> All right, well, look, um, have a great two weeks, everybody. Yeah. Um, we'll be back with somebody excellent again next week. We're seeing them on Monday. Yes. Woo-hoo. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.